Well, hey, I'm excited to bring the word tonight. Are you excited to hear it? Listen, because this service, how it's going to go is contingent on how it is it is you're going to receive. All right? Because I know I got a word from God and in light of Thanksgiving tomorrow. How many of you excited about Thanksgiving tomorrow? Y'all are already going on a fast. You're just making room. Making room for more. I'm telling you what I told my wife. I'm like, I'm, 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 I'm going to stop eating at lunch today. I got food uh, waiting for me. And so in light of Thanksgiving, I wanted to give you a Thanksgiving message. Is that okay? Awesome. Well, if you have something to take notes with, get that out. Um, I encourage you, there's going to be a lot of opportunity to take notes tonight. We're going to have some things up on the screen. So um, I, I challenge you to take as many notes as you can tonight. I'm a preacher, so I'll try to keep it slow, but I, no promises. I, I speak fast. If you have your Bibles, go to Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy chapter 8, starting in verse 7, says this. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land. A land with brooks, streams, and deep springs gushing out into the valleys and hills. A land with wheat and barley, vines and fig newtons, pomegranates, olive oil, and honey nut Cheerios. Come on, I'm just bringing some (laughs) relativity to this. A land where bread will not be scarce and you will lack nothing. A land where the rocks are iron and you can dig copper out of the hills. Do I got anybody who believe here tonight that God's bringing you into a good land? Do I got anybody who believes that God's bringing you to a good season? I'm telling you what, we're coming on the end of 2023 and we're coming uh, into a new year of 2024. And I believe that God has some things predestined, some good things, some great things. I love the word of God. It says, behold, I do a new thing. I do a new thing. Do you not perceive it? Sometimes we got to look inward and not be moved by those things going on on the outside because there's some things that are going around in our world right now and in your world that could be discouraging if we were led by those things. But the Bible says not to be moved by what you see, but to have an internal vision to perceive something to be different than what it looks like. And I love this as he's saying right here through Moses to the Israelites, he says, behold, I'm bringing you into a good land, a land flowing of milk and honey. And I just want to, I want you to grab a hold of that word for yourself. God's bringing you into a good land. So he's talking through Moses to the people. And after he says he's going to do this, He tells them what to do when they get in there. Verse 10, when you have eaten and are satisfied, that's going to be us tomorrow, Thanksgiving. (laughs) Praise the Lord, your God, for the good land he has given you. Now here's this warning, verse 11, be careful that you do not forget the Lord, your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws, his decrees that I am giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, 
And when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase and all you have is multiplied. Man, talk about a promise. Talk about a word from God. Man, you're about to multiply. You're about to have fine houses. You're about to settle down. I love this. But he says that be careful that you don't forget me in the process because verse 14, then your heart will become proud. And you will forget the Lord, your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. So he gives us a warning in this passage, but I want to keep reading because God says through Moses, he just keeps going. Moses says this in verse 15, he led you through the vast and dreadful wilderness, that thirsty and waterless land with its venomous snakes and scorpions. He brought you water out of a hard rock. He gave you manna to eat in the wilderness, something your ancestors had never known to humble and test you so that in the end it might go well with you. You may say to yourself, my power and strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. Now, this is a lot of scripture and I got more message than I have minutes tonight, but there's a lot in here that I want to unpack, but I want to give you my title tonight. And the title of my message is this, Growing Up in Gratitude. Growing up in gratitude, if I was to have like a subtitle, I would say that learning to thank God in every season, learning to thank God in every season. I believe that God wants to take you to another level tonight in your gratitude. Can you turn to somebody and say, neighbor, say your next level is one praise away. Now, let me ask you, how many grateful people do I have in here? I got some grateful people in here. Let's look at this word grateful. The word grateful means this, the quality of being thankful. Readiness to show appreciation for and to return kindness. I love this, a quality. There's a quality about somebody who is grateful. There's something about them. And, and it goes on, it says, there's a readiness. They are ready. Are you ready to wake up every day and give God thanks? Are you ready on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night to say, I can't wait to get to the house of the Lord to, get, to be, get, show him my gratefulness and my thanksgiving? Is there a readiness about you? You can't wait to appreciate people. You can't wait to tell people thank you for what they've done for you. There's a readiness. There's a quality about these people that you know that they're grateful. I want to show you just four things of how do we recognize if we're a grateful person. I want you to put yourself in these tonight. Number one, a grateful person is content. They're happy. They're satisfied. Right in this world, everything is about the hamster wheel and enough is never enough. And you got to always want more. That's how you grow. That's how you, you, you hit the grind. That's, that's how you accomplish and, and become successful. But right here, it says a grateful person's content. They're happy. They're at peace. 
I believe that there's people in here that you've been facing anxiety, stress, and it just might be rooted in the fact that you haven't opened your eyes and recognized the things that God has done for you. Because right now, the, the anxiety and the stress that you find yourself in is simply because you're just not content. Another thing is they're appreciative. They appreciate people. They appreciate God. They appreciate the things that have been done for them. Number three, you'll find them giving. They're givers. I love this. This word for giving is freely transfer the possessions of something to someone. I love this word freely, meaning I'm about to give to you with zero expectation for you to give me anything in return. When's the last time you gave to someone with zero expectation that they give you anything in return? Or how about this, that you didn't expect them to treat you differently? Because this, a grateful person's a giver. They don't care what you give back. They're so grateful and full with what they got, they just give away. And another one is they're thankful, full of thanks. Man, you'll find them praising God everywhere they go. I love hanging around Pastor Bill. I'm telling you what, Pastor Bill is always giving thanks. See, you'll hear, you'll hear him once in a while. He'll say, man, God's been good to Brother Bill. I mean, he's always giving thanks. And I'm telling you what, I'm thankful for people like that in my life who teach us to be content, to be happy, that God's done great things in our life and he's worthy of glory. He's worthy of honor. He's worthy of praise. How many of you know that God's worthy? This is a person who believes it was never their own ability or effort that brought them where they are today. Now I want to talk about the, the ungrateful people. Uh, oh no is right. We all know some ungrateful people. Come on, these are the negative Nancys, the faithless doubting, cantankerous people in our life. They suck the energy and life out of a room. Every time you talk to this person, it's draining. You avoid these people in the grocery aisle because you know every time you run into them, they got something to complain about. And that's the first thing we recognize. Let's throw that up on the screen. The first thing we recognize of an ungrateful, if we're an ungrateful person is number one, the number one sign is complaining. Complaining, it's the number one sign. Number two, I'm gonna to get to that more in a moment. Number two, they're comparing and coveting. The New Testament says that you dare not class yourself or compare yourself among, among you don't compare yourself among those others because he says it's unwise. The Bible also says not to covet. It doesn't give you a suggestion like, hey, um, you probably shouldn't covet. Actually, the Bible gives a command. You shall not, the 10th commandment, you shall not covet, Exodus 20, I believe verse 17, you shall not covet your neighbor. What does it mean to covet? It means to earnestly desire what belongs to another. Earnestly desire what belongs to another. So, if we recognize we're an ungrateful person, we're complaining. 
We're comparing, we're coveting. Number three, we're withholding. You hold on and refuse to give what you have. You never let go. And lastly, number four is entitlement. I'm going to come in your your house today. I'm going to come in your room. I'm going to help you. Entitlement is the belief that one is inherently deserving of privileges or special treatment. This person thinks that they're special. They think that they're better than everyone else around them. Matter of fact, to go in, this person believes what they have and where they are is a result of their own hard work and effort. I'm here today because of my own grit, my own hard work. I did this. More than that, this person thinks higher of themselves than they ought to and thinks that they deserve more than what they currently have. This is an ungrateful person. Matter of fact, let me just point this out. The root of an ungrateful person is entitlement. And the fruit of an ungrateful person is complaining. The Bible says you'll know them by their fruit. And if I hear someone complaining, including myself, I realize in that moment, I and that individual is ungrateful. And you just might lead it down to the root that somewhere, somehow they believe that they deserve more than what they currently have. See, because when you think you deserve something, you start to expect it. And then when you start to expect it and then you don't get it, you start complaining. Now let's talk about complaining. This word complaining, I love this, an expression of dissatisfaction. You might not know this, but complaining is a sin. Out of five things that God said he hated that the Israelites did, he said the fifth one was complaining. He actually grouped it and categorized it with sexual immorality and promiscuity. It didn't look like they go together, but he's saying complaining, I hated along with these things. Complaining is telling God that you don't believe he's doing a good job. That's the root of complaining. That that is what you're saying is you're saying, God, I don't believe you're doing a good job. I don't trust you. I don't think you're a good leader. You knew you would never say that, but it's found in the fruit of your words. And the fruit of your lips. Couple quotes here. Complaining is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but gets you nowhere. Complaining is a complete waste of one's energy. Those who complain the most accomplish the least. And the more you complain about your problems, the more problems you will have to complain about. (laughs) it's a vicious cycle. If the devil can get you caught in the lazy river of complaining, you'll find yourself going through the same season with the same scenery and wonder why you're stuck. This looks just like the children of Israel wandering around the desert, probably seeing the same things. What's supposed to take 11 days took 40 years. Why? One word. 
complaining. See, God's warning us in Deuteronomy chapter eight. And the reason why he's warning us, God's warning is this. Don't forget to be grateful. Don't forget me. And the reason he's saying this is because he's only saying this in response to how they acted according to his past provision. The quail wasn't enough. The manna from heaven wasn't enough. None of it was ever good enough for you. And I'm only just trying to warn you that if you let that carry over into the promised land, you complain in the promised land. If you keep reading in Deuteronomy, he says, I'll destroy you. That's comforting. And I wonder if some of the destruction that we face in our life is only because of the result of our inability to be grateful. Because I don't know about you as a parent, when my kids are ungrateful, I'll take it away. I'll throw the toy in the trash. Now people are like, what? I don't agree with that. You don't have to agree with me. That's my personal opinion. That's fine. I'm not parent different. That's okay. But people want to avoid the song like he gives and takes away. Well, the Bible says right here, I'll lead you into a good land, but I'm warning you, you forget that I brought you here and you don't be grateful. I'll take you out. And a matter of fact, guess what ended up happening? They got destroyed. They got destroyed because of their complaining. They forgot God. And God loves us enough to say that what I have is great, but I don't want it to be taken. I don't want it uh, to, 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 to this complaining to get in the way because I just need you. I just want you to grow up in gratitude. And so tonight I want to help you grow up in gratitude. I want to give you three levels of gratitude. I want to give you three levels of gratitude tonight. And the first level is an elementary level. It's elementary. Everybody say elementary. This is an elementary level. We find it here in Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 10. Right there in that scripture he says, When you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the... Can everybody say for the... Praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. So the first level, the elementary level of gratitude is being grateful for the. Being grateful for the provision. But yet I'm finding it that sometimes adults are not even on this level. They don't even stop in their life to say thank you for what they already have. Guys, can I just be honest? That's just good manners. When someone gives you something, you say thank you. Whenever someone gives something to my kids and they walk away and I said, hey, you tell them thank you. And the, the, the adults are like, no, 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 they don't have to do that. And I said, no, 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 they have to. Because I'm gonna teach them now as, as, as young kids to be appreciative and not entitled. Like the world owes them Nothing. I'm not going to teach my kids that. I'm going to teach them that they're appreciative and they're thankful for any good thing that comes into their life. 
And so we need to understand this, but this is the problem in that in this world that we live in, society teaches us that enough is never enough. You got to get on the hamster wheel. You got to keep grinding. That's how you be successful. We have social media that is constantly people posting where they're going on vacation. The house they bought and people are sitting there like, man, I wish I could go on vacation where they went on vacation. I wish I could live in the house that they live in. And I wish I could drive the car that they had. I wish I had the body that they had. I wish that I had the finances that I had. And no one's ever content. So they hit the grind. They get three jobs. They find themselves in stress and anxiety, running themselves into the dirt simply because they're coveting, simply because they're not grateful and they're not content with what they currently have. Think about this just for a second. It was not that long ago during the holiday of Thanksgiving, giving of thanks that they started something the next day called Black Friday. And on Thanksgiving, you would get a magazine to your house and emails into your inbox telling you, you should want this and buy this. And then you got kids coming to you with a catalog on Thanksgiving with a, with a Sharpie circling all the things that they want. And even adults sitting here, guys, I can't wait to go out tonight at midnight after Thanksgiving. We're going to buy this and we're going to get this and we're going to get this. You know what I want to do? I want to hire a professional photographer to come into my house and take a picture of everything that I have and every toy my kids have ever been given, put it in a catalog and open that up on Thanksgiving and say, I want you to circle all the things that you should be grateful for that you don't even play with anymore. Like what if our gratitude was not in our accumulation but it was in our appreciation. What if your happiness, what if your joy, I want to just tell you this, that oftentimes when your joy is low, it's because entitlement is high. You think you deserve something more than what you got. Well, so-and-so has it. God's no respecter of persons. If he's done it for them, he could do it for me. But yet you're missing the biblical principle of how God as a father desires to give more to his kids. See, I want to give my kids more things when they're appreciative of the things that they have. But then when they're not grateful and those things get thrown to the side and we have to keep buying bin after bin after bin that goes up in the attic of toys and, and things that I've spent, I'm like, I'm not buying another single toy. I'm going to call grandma and grandpa and say, you're getting pajamas for Christmas because you don't need any more toys. But yet we're doing this as adults. And can I just tell you adults, the first level is just saying thank you for what you have. People don't even sit around the table anymore. They go and sit on the couch and watch football. They don't even pray over the meal and say, God, thank you. Why? Because all oh, my hard work got us this. Son, dad worked two jobs. I did all this so you could have all this. You, God gave you the ability. Don't ever as a father underestimate the opportunity and the privilege you have to sit at a table and not in pride tell your kids that you did this, but tell your kids that God has so blessed us and given your father the ability that we could have everything that we have. And that's the first level. We, we're just getting started. No, we're not. It's 750. That's the elementary level. Here's the second level. This is the high school level. 
King David actually shows us this level in Psalms chapter 23, verse one. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. The second level is not just being grateful for the for the breath in your lungs, for the eyesight that you have, for, for, for the limbs that you have, for the family that's healthy. It's, it's, the next level is being grateful even though. Even though the money didn't show up when you thought it would. Even though the healing has not manifested in your body yet. Even though this situation ended in death. Even though the enemy is coming against me and people are attacking me. Even though God is still good. God is still faithful. God is still just. Job, everything is stripped from him. He's technically done nothing wrong. He's being blamed by his friend. Everything is against him at this point and he's questioning God. And at the end of his life, God never even gives him the reason God looks at him and he says, basically this, in my own words, how dare you question me? Were, were you there when I pulled the Leviathan out of the waters with my mighty hook? Were you there when I made all this? Basically, boy, you better shut your mouth and quit questioning me. I know what I'm doing. Can I just remind somebody, God knows what he's doing. God's sitting on the throne. Though the world's messed up, though the world's dark, God is in control. He has authority. He knows what he's doing. Quit questioning him. I've been in hospital visits. People in situations they never thought they'd be in. On the verge of crossing from this life into the next. And I realize when their faith goes to an entirely deeper level is when it's not just about contending, but at the same time of contending, they're also content being that even though, even though, if this doesn't end up, the, there's only one worthy response, and that's God, I worship you. I tell young people or people who've lost family members, losing their faith over losing a loved one, and I said, those questions are nothing but the enemy. They're wolves trying to disrupt your faith. Because there's only one worthy response and God is still good. God's still worthy of praise. God's still worthy of honor because even in death, there's life because of the believer, because of salvation, because of Jesus. And I just want to say this. It says he prepares a table in the presence of my enemies. When you start growing up in gratitude and you start growing up in the knowledge of the character of God, you will realize that your enemies and things coming against you is just a sign that you, you should start eating. It's just a sign. Sit down. Quit fighting. God's made a table. It's time to eat.
Number three, this is the adult level, and if the band can come. The adult level. And I can honestly say that I think that I'm still trying to get to this level. In some areas of my life, I feel like I have, but in others, I haven't. But the adult level, the apostle Paul actually shows us this one in Philippians chapter one. Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I'm in chains. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And watch this. And because of this, I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice. The first level is being grateful for the The second level is being grateful even though, but the highest level of gratitude is being grateful because of. That's when you look at the even though seasons and realized that the even though it didn't make sense to you, that the even though it didn't make sense, it served a purpose. Can I tell you that there is purpose in your pain? And even if the enemy came against you, that God would turn it for your good to cause you to develop and become all he needed you to be. Your pain serves a purpose. It's the because of. Because I went through that, I am who I am today. Because I went through that, I I, I am where I am today. It's because of, and Paul's saying, it's because of all these things that the gospel is advancing. Jesus knew better than anybody else. He said, the joy that was set before me, I endured the cross, despising the shame. He was not just grateful because of pain. He was grateful because of the purpose that the pain served. That even in this pain, I rejoice and I'm glad because it's going to serve something that's bigger than myself. That though I may die on a cross and though I have to fight a battle, it is going to set free every person that lives from now on into eternity. Why? Because I'm going through this because of, because of, because of. And church, I want to challenge you with this question as we close tonight. If I gave you the power tonight, which I don't have, if God gave you the power tonight to go into your past and you could erase anything that you did not like, things that you went through that were painful times when people hurt you, times that you made decisions that you wish you would not have made. But, big but, 
you could not have the life that you have right now and you could not be who you are or know the things that you know right now, would you still go back and change it? Think about it. If your answer is no, I wouldn't change it. It's because you've identified that it's who you are today is because of those things that God brought you through. And so therefore, you have to find somewhere inside of you to be grateful for the things that you never thought you could ever be grateful for. I'm only 27. I haven't gone through a whole lot, but I've made some choices and decisions of, in my life and I've been through things I wish I never had to go through. But I look back at it and I'm thankful because of that I am where I am today only by the grace and mercy of God that he covered my sin. He made me a new person. And for that, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the mercy and forgiveness of my God. I'm grateful that he brought me through the difficult situations. And even though many people might not have to go through those same things, it does not matter. I'm thankful. I'm grateful. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that if there's anybody under the sound of my voice that has found themselves complaining, discontent, coveting, murmuring, Lord, that they'd recognize the blessings and the hand that you've had on their life from the very beginning of time. God, I pray that this question would sink deep inside of them. Lord, that they could look back at things instead of being upset and grouchy and irritated about it. They could say, I'm going to grow up and I'm going to be grateful for every single thing in my life, knowing that it has brought me to where I am today and it has served the purpose of bringing you glory. We love you and we thank you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, amen. Well, you guys glad you came to church tonight? Well, really quick, why don't you do me a favor? Why don't you stand up? I'm gonna invite the prayer team to come on down. I'm gonna have men on my left here, ladies on my right. Listen, tonight, if you need prayer for salvation, rededication, infilling of the Holy Spirit or anything at all. This prayer team has been trained and they are ready to pray with you through some things, for some things, whatever it is that you need pray for. This team is equipped to do that with you tonight. Amen. Amen. Well, hey guys, uh, on just behalf of Pastor Miss Lynette and Raymond Bible Church, if we just want to say happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy time with your family. Eat some good food, all right? Um, and uh, we'll see you right back here on Sunday morning. School the Bible at 9 a.m. And then service starts at 10 a.m. All right? You guys are free to go.